What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In today's podcast, I will be chatting with Belize's Prime Minister, Johnny Briseño. I recently had the chance to meet him at his Oval Office in Belmapan, the capital city, and our conversation was surprising, informative, and fun. The diversity that you would see in Belize, it's incredible in such a small area. Mr. Briseño is the fifth and current Prime Minister of Belize, having entered politics in the early 90s after graduating from the University of Texas at Austin. We dive deep into Belize's colonial history, how to manage this melting pot of languages and cultures, and his plan for every child to go to school and stay out of poverty. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get into it. Mr. Prime Minister, great to meet you. How are you doing? I think so, sir, pretty good. <laughs> you know, um, we've been through some very difficult times with the pandemic. Yeah. It has hit everyone hard. Sure. And small countries like Belize are the one that gets hit hardest. Yeah. And especially the countries that, that tourism represents about 40% of GDP. So yeah. imagine you leave the office and you take off the lights. Yeah. That's what happened. One day everything's running well and the following day... But things, things are picking up. Oh, tourism is getting up. Well, everything. What we've been doing, um, we're taking an approach that we cannot make the same mistake. Right. That we put so much emphasis on tourism. Right. So we're working on agriculture, on the services, and we're making great strides in, in those other two areas. But tourism has bounced back much faster than, than anybody so expected. So I have to ask the question, what does it feel like to be a... A prime minister of a country. <laughs> There's only. People ask me that question, and my my easiest answer I could give is that I don't think about it. It's just a lot of work. You don't feel any different. You go to sleep. You wake up in the morning, and then you put on your clothes, have breakfast, and go to work. Do you feel a lot of um, pressure or responsibility? Definitely, you feel the pressure. You feel the responsibility. You feel that you know that you have to make sure you think things through. You you know can get upset, but you know just. The best thing is just, you know, just let it go. Don't hold on to it or else it's just going to consume you. It's right. Eat you. So I don't watch social media. You don't use social I, media? No, we use social media, but I don't read it because, yeah. um, it's... you know, when you, you read some of the comments, <laughs> it's like, do oh, I can tell you things? something about <laughs> negative comments. Yeah, you, it goes in one ear and out <laughs> the other. That's but what I don't I even say. look at it. Yeah, so, um, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to deal with uh, because... I could get 99% positive feedback, but the 1% of people that say things, it gets to your head. And yeah, and, that, and that's the case. That then, and some people are just putting negative things that are just not true. Yeah. And you say, where do you get these things from? Yeah, for sure. So it's best that you stay positive and you continue doing your work. We've been doing a lot of good work, I mean, with agriculture. We've increased our agricultural exports and making sure that we can work with our small farmers. You see what a lot of people don't understand? is that agriculture is your first defense against poverty. Right. Because people in rural areas, if they can't sell their products, then they come into the urban right. area to try to find a job. Right. And if there's no jobs, then that's when you create, you know, inequality and, and poverty and um, social problems. So we've been working on agriculture, trying to make sure. That's good. And do that. And I mean, you, you're, in school. you're blessed with uh, tropical weather. I mean, we just went to the market and I had so much good fruit. I was like. Oh, you're at the market. I just uh, know. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So it was, it's good, and there's good, there's good food at the market. There is good food at the yes. market. I had good tacos yesterday. I didn't know you're so famous for tacos here. In, in the north, where I come from, in Orange Rock, we, we are famous for tacos. Everybody it's close to Mexico. We're close to Mexico. But people go to Mexico, but they eat tacos in Orange Rock before <laughs> they go to, so to Mexico. Tell me, tell me about the Belizean culture. Mm. Who are the people of Belize? I've seen indigenous faces. I've seen black faces. I've seen white faces. Who, who are the Belizean people? Well, the Belizean people, we become a melting pot, in effect. We do not have this... Yes. 
um, separations of, of, of cultures or of races, pretty much everybody has blended. in. Yeah. Um, for instance, myself, I have um, Maya indigenous, I have uh, Mestizo um, or Hispanic, I have uh, definitely black, so all in one. So you, you don't feel that tension, that racial tension in Belize in most instances. But what has happened over the years is that over the past um, decades, since probably the mid-70s, because of the civil wars in, right. in Central America, we've had tens of thousands of refugees that have come to Belize. From? Um, from El Salvador, from Guatemala, from Honduras, yeah. some from Nicaragua, a little bit from Mexico. And they come to Belize and then they live here, they become, over time, they become citizens. As we speak in, in, in August, we're going to have an amnesty program and we expect to get a minimum of 40,000 quote-unquote refugees that have been living in Belize for a long time. They've been here for many years mm. and we're finding a way how we can legalize their status. Right. Because in many instances, because the status is not legalized, there are unscrupulous people who take advantage of them. So by bringing them into the formal system, we believe that then they can do better for themselves and also by extension for, for the country. That would represent about approximately 10% of our country. Wow. So imagine if the United States were to, pro to give an amnesty to yeah. 23 million people. Yeah, you know, crazy. That's and what it works out. The to. Belizean people, English is one of the national languages. English is the official language. Not Spanish. <clears throat> Not Spanish. Oh, but, but everyone speaks Spanish. It, but, well, that's, that's the thing. But they must have learned Spanish. myself. <laughs> You know, you have Espanol también. We were once a British colony. Right. And since independence, we're part of the Commonwealth. So the Queen is still the titular head of state. Queen Elizabeth? Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Really? Yes. I, I, I'll tell the coins and mm. the bills they have yes. her face. But it's, 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 it's more ceremonial, more than anything else. Yeah. And so the Governor General, it's a woman, it's the first indigenous woman to be a Governor General in the entire Commonwealth. Really? Yeah. She represents the Queen. So whenever we would pass a bill in the house and it goes to the Senate, for it to be assented into law, then it goes to the Governor General, the Governor General signs it and it becomes law. Wow. So we still have a, a little mixture, but I think more and more people are feeling that it's time to sever that, that, yeah, that symbolism. Make the, the separation. Right. Yeah. So I'll do it fully independent. What year did you become independent? 1981. Uh, when I was born, my first language was Spanish. Okay. But from the age of five, it's been only English. You go to primary school, yeah. it's in, um, in English, yeah. high school, junior college, so university. It's, it's very multilingual here. But very multilingual. And Creole. So, so I think in English, but I could speak Spanish. Uh, Creole Creole is the street language. In <laughs> yeah, I've, That's I've what we it. talk on. It's kind of like Jamaican feels. Mm. I think ours is a bit more refined than Jamaican <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them say, don't tell them I said that. It's strange that in some families, Especially like with, with some of these kids that have families from um, Salvador or Honduras. Yeah, yeah. They all speak Spanish at home, go to school and speak English in the classroom, and on the streets with their friends they speak Creole. I think it's cool. You can make a distinction. As someone who's been to every country in Latin America, it's not often that I speak English. In Guyana, in, in South yes. America, is another English-speaking <clears throat> country, but in Central America and South America, it's really just these two. In the Caribbean, there's some English, but... Yes, there are mostly English in the Caribbean. But it's, it's cool yes. to, to come here to Central America and speak English. Well, yeah, it's cool, but at the same time, what we've been telling our people is that we need to understand that we are surrounded by over 160-plus million Spanish-speaking people. Right. So we need to learn English, Spanish. And we not only need to learn to speak, but we also need to write and, right, and, right. and to read. When we had the president from Mexico, you, you, you were with him? Samlo, and yes, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. I met with him on, in, here in Belize. He was here for a short visit. And what the Minister of Education was saying, you know, it's, it's, it's a pity that we only teach kids to write a little bit of Spanish and right. to read, but we don't teach them to speak. Right. So 
we need to work on that. I yeah. mean, we are a bilingual in effect. The census being done as we speak. And I believe cool. that when the census is over, I submit that about 60% of the population is going to be of Hispanic descent. Really? 60%? Yeah. I, I submit. Cool. But we'll see when it comes out. So what are some of the biggest challenges you face as, as a prime minister? Um, poverty. Poverty. Poverty is the biggest challenge. Um, before the pandemic, we were already almost 50% of poor people live in poverty. Does that mean like um, on $5 per day? Or? Yes. Because of the pandemic, it, we estimate it went up to about 60%. So we need to address that. And how do we address that? You address it by working with the economy. We've had a lot of success. We've grew the economy when the IMF was predicting at initially 3% growth last year. We ended up yeah. having about 12.5%. Good for you. That's great. Right. And so and this, and it's just by actually literally rolling up your seeds and, and pushing and working and, and getting things done. So that is the biggest problem. That by itself, they will take care of many of the other issues, the social issues, the issues of for instance, yeah. like crime. I was going to say education. gangs and drugs. <clears throat> gangs is a problem, but it is more... Controlled. Within a geographic area in Belize City, so outside Belize City. And right now we, we are working very hard on trying to work with them. And those that don't want to change that lifestyle, then if they break the law, well, then they sure. end up in, in, in jail. Sure. But we, as it is right now, we're doing a pilot project in that specific area of Belize City, what we call the free education mm -hmm. program to ensure that every child goes to school. And so we've started in September of this um, of, of last year. And um, we've been going out literally host house and their kids are not going to school. We tell them, come to school, the government is going to be make sure that all your fees are paid, your books mm. are paid so that you stay in school. So what do we get? Like, it's like a big a tree. Right. Once a tree is, is big and erect, it's difficult to bend. Sure. A human being is like that. So it's best that you get them at a young age, ensure that they go to school, so that when they come out to school, they have a skill to be able to get um, a job. Very nice. What do you think is the best kind of beach town in Belize? I've heard of Hopkins, I've heard of Palencia. We have Hopkins, Palencia, and San Pedro. Are they all? All four of them are really awesome. But if you want total relaxation, I would say probably Kikoka and Hopkins. We've driven around the country and mountains, jungles, and forests. You could have a bit of everything. We've done uh, <coughs> the ruins, we've done meeting you, we went to Belize City and Belmapan. Is there any other thing of Belize that I'm missing? The drive on the, on the Hummingbird Highway is beautiful. Which highway? The Hummingbird. Hummingbird. So we're going down south. That's from here? From here. Do you have any travels coming up? I suppose to be going to Grenada. I'm sorry, Guyana. Guyana? Yeah. The other English-speaking Latin American yes. country? And then to Rwanda for the Commonwealth. That's the cleanest That's country in Africa. Yeah. It's very clean. That's Have you heard that before? No. Personally. Like perfectly clean. You can eat off the streets. Yeah, because they had a really bad civil war in the early 90s and... I know. I mean, genocide. Yeah, genocide. And now they have a, where every week, I think it's on Thursdays or Wednesdays, the whole community comes out and cleans the streets. And it is like, it's like Singapore or it's like, a, it feels like Tokyo there. It's so bizarre. I have another question for you. If you could say one message to every single person in the world, what would you tell them? Come to Belize. <laughs> I said, come to Belize. It's a beautiful place. The president from Mexico was here from, mm -hmm. and he, he was flying through over the mm -hmm. ocean, over the sea. And he said, he said, you know, Belize has the most beautiful sea in the world. The diversity that you would see in Belize, it's incredible in such a small area. The size of Massachusetts, imagine Massachusetts. Mm. But with just 435,000 of us, that can tell you the story but also the people. Because we are multiracial mm -hmm. and I'm like in a melting pot, you just throw mm -hmm. everything in like a soup and mix it up. <laughs> That's Belize. And so we are open, we're friendly, we're warm, we're trusting. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy when people come to Belize, 
that they enjoy what nature, what our sure. Creator has blessed us with, but they also enjoy very much that um, the people, they feel that our people, they're warm and they're friendly, they're helpful. So come to Belize. Wise words from a wise man, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Johnny Thank Bisenio. you very much. Yeah. True thanks. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.